In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, do you ever wonder where God is in all of this? Welcome to GirlfriendIt, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. Today's show, we are talking with two fabulous guests who are helping others bring the light into the darkness. They're out there loving people towards Jesus and experiencing God in supernatural ways. But um, we also have a guest host today, so Lisa's voice has lowered a bit, and it's my brother Philip, which is so cool. His name is Phil Lynn, and he is a pastor at Casas Adobe Church in Tucson, Arizona. And he's also one of my best friends in the world, and he has to do life with me. He doesn't really have a choice. So now he's stuck doing radio with me as well. Phil, welcome. Welcome. It's good to be here. Well, we are going to get right in and dive into our first guest, Ryan Russell. And Ryan is a great friend of mine and is doing some, some actually some really crazy, crazy things, um, talking about bringing the light into the darkness. And Ryan, are you there? Here, Patty. How are you? Good morning. And you're so excited to be here as you're, like, rolling out of bed, I'm sure. No, I've been up for a long time, but was I one of those fabulous people? Because these days I don't want to be called fabulous. I want to be called magical. You you are definitely magical. And, Ryan, (laughs) you and I have a major connection because we both do triathlons. And for whatever reason, whenever we compete, we compete in different, um, different states. So I think you do that on purpose. Um, you're frightened you of me. You're, you, um, you're faster than me. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I I think you're a your radio show, so we'll say that you are. <laughs> well, Ryan, you are with Triple X Church, and you guys are just doing fabulous things out there. Triple um, X Church is a nonprofit organization that exists to help people. Um, just of any age, you don't have to put a ca- category with uh, what you guys are doing. And basically, for those who are being assaulted by pornography, and you guys are all about awareness, prevention, and recovery, uh, I know I'm, I'm diving right in, but I'm trying to get every little piece of wisdom from you. You guys have been interviewed by ABC to CNN, and you're definitely not shy in the publicity arena, but you've also stirred up some folks. Can you, can you go there with why people are, are so, like, shy about um, talking about, I mean, obviously we know why they're shy about talking about porn, but why we don't want to bring this to the light. Well, I think uh, there's a couple different reasons. You know, in the church world, you know, there's just a, 
I don't know, just probably a propensity for people to want to stuff down real life issues and pretend like everything is better and create, you know, what I would consider a false real environment, you know, where they're just living in a bubble, so to speak. And, and it's a difficult subject. And sometimes, you know, pornography, the Bible doesn't address it, you know, directly, but addresses it indirectly with talking about sexual purity. But those are uncomfortable issues because when we start talking about them, we might actually hear what other people are struggling with and have to dig into their real lives. So it's just uncomfortable. Um, you know, the Christian world somehow is painted sexuality as a little bit seedy, and hey, we just don't talk about that. And, you know, and then in the real world, where most everybody else lives, um, you know, sex is being talked about, but pornography is just so intertwined into our culture that, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's pornography, and then there's, you know, sex, and sex outside of marriage, and, you know, all the other, you know, iterations of sexuality, so it's just kind of, you know, just become commonplace, and and it's just not something that we talk about as whether, you know, it's an issue or not. We've had some relationships with some major software companies as of late, and we've been explaining to them our software and what it does and how it keeps, you know, pornography out of the world or out of the home and um, away from kids and stuff. And uh, we were trying to explain them, we think that they could make money doing this, and they're they're confused, like, well, you know, software companies are familiar with porn coming into the home and on the computers for profit. Now, how can you profit by keeping it away? It was almost perplexing to them that that was even something that people would want is to not have porn in their homes. Well, um, I've heard that it's the number one most destructive force in our culture today. Um, Why do you think that is? Well, I think uh, the, you know, porn, you know, if you look at, where marriages are going and the continued trend of, you know, now it's greater, far greater than 50% of marriages end in divorce. And if you get into those causes of divorce, it's almost, uh, there's so many different cases of some iteration of, of um, sexual promiscuity that's happening there that causes the divorce. And porn is a major contributor to that, that oftentimes far before an affair or, um, different things that happen in the marriage, there's there's porn enters into it that encourages one spouse or both to start considering other options besides the person that they're married to. So, um, you know, and then the, its effect on children and the young age of exposure, you know, kids, you know, much younger than 11 on average are starting to see porn for the very first time, the psychological effects of that. And then, I mean, we could keep going and going and going of all the different ways porn negatively impacts people. Well, I, I had just read that $3 billion is generated by child porn annually, and, um, I mean, that just can really turn your stomach. Do you find that there's more of, a, like, an insatiable appetite for this, it, it seems, yes. in a few years, or, or do you feel like it's always been that, that way? Uh, porn, is, porn is one of those things where, you know, uh, we say it's just, it's, it's just a downward-sloping issue, you know, um, where what... You know, today you looked at, you know, and found as a turn on tomorrow. It's just, it's not satisfying and you want something more or you want something different. That's why, uh, people who might purchase a DVD or a magazine or an online subscription is one site. They don't, they're not satisfied with just one. It's like if one were enough, they're, you know, the porn business would soon be out of business, but people want more. They want something different. They want variety. They want something harder. And so, 
you know, that just keep on going. And so it's an ever-increasing problem. And there's very few people, you know, battling against it and talking about the issue and its destructive nature and its addictive qualities and how it's having a negative impact on society. Hey, Ryan, um, this is Phil. You, uh, we see that uh, pornography is such a destructive force, you know, how we were talking about that, and that uh, uh, really we can see uh, so much freedom through the ministry of the churches, but it's always kept in the dark. Uh, we tend to not, like you said, talk about why is it so hidden, and if so many people are struggling with pornography, how do we get it into the light in the church? Well, I think it's one of the first things, you know, is as a church, we, you know, as long as it never makes its way to the pulpit, then there's always going to be a stigma attached to it. So if it's something that happens in the basement and in small groups and, you know, or you can only talk about it because it's part of a addictive recovery program, instead of talking about earlier aspects that precede addiction, then it's always going to be one of those things like, oh, those people, you know, those those people who have addictions, those dirty people, you know, the ones that meet off in the corner, they're the ones who have the problem, you know. So I think it, it starts with leadership, and it starts with senior pastors recognizing that sexual... I don't, I don't know how you can be a senior pastor in a church and not realize that sex and sexual issues are the number one topic that you should be talking about in our American culture. Like, it gets everywhere. I mean, I have to tell my... I have to turn off Disney Channel at 7 o'clock in the evening for my kids, because after 7, it gets into, you know, middle teen and late teen type programming, and it's and it's all just fueled around sexual issues and dating and hormones and kissing and changing boyfriends, and, you know, so it's there, but we're just not talking about it in the church. I don't know, I mean, why? Because because church members would rather, I guess, you know, give their pastor a hard time about it, and the pastor doesn't want to go through that resistance of going, no, this is a real issue, we got to talk about, that's what the church is for. And then they stick to easier, they stick to easier, more flowery issues like, you know, love. I'd rather talk about love today than talk about sex. (laughs) You know, that's that's a softball issue, you know, you can hit that one out of the park, everybody can agree. There's not a lot of controversy when it comes to love. You know, but you talk about sex and sexual behavior and what God says, then you start stirring up controversy and kind of probing into places where people don't want to go. Well, um, that is so interesting what you're saying about even the Disney Channel. I really do think we we need to make parents aware of that. I know we've been watching American Idol this season, and I have a 9-year-old. I thought it was pretty safe to watch American Idol, and it said 10-plus, I believe, is the the rating on it. Um, I, I was so sad by last night what was taking place with just the, the what they what we call entertainment. I mean, it was it was literally. I know I sound you know people would go, oh, you're so old fashioned. It was soft porn on there last night, and the, you know they just they're bleeping out everything Steven Tyler has to say. But it 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 really does make you sad. And you're right, we're just surrounded by it, and uh, you know we we do become desensitized. And I, I think, yes, to interrupt you, that, yeah, I'm not even fighting against Disney or American Idol. That's not what I was specifically saying, and I know you probably realize that. But when it's so around, 
how can we not talk about it? How can we not address it with our kids? How can we not talk about it with the people in our churches? How can it not be a relevant issue where pastors are guiding their people about how to be a light in this culture? You know, when we don't talk about it, then we're just, like, we're putting on blinders, we're pretending we're creating safe Christian environment bubbles where, like, we all talk about it with our friends Monday through Saturday, so why can't we talk about it on Sunday at church? Right, you know? absolutely. And to answer, answer your questions, like, that's when it becomes a stigma, and that's, that's and how. Back, and yeah. see right with us, we're talking with Ryan Russell, and we're talking about the indifference under the banner of freedom that will lead to the collapse of our society. So we'll be right back after the commercial. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more girlfriended radio right after these. Hey moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood, real moms in the real world. You get it? Now that's what the show is about. So every week, let's get together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what? That is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week. Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's Real Moms in the Real World. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry on toginet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, today we are talking with our guest, Ryan Russell, with Triple X Church. And um, Ryan, you guys go to porn conventions, colleges, uh, churches all over, community centers, raising awareness 
about the true addictive and destructive nature of pornography. And I know we had the opportunity, uh, Lisa and I went to one of the porn conventions, and basically what we were doing there is just um, talking to individuals, letting them know that Jesus loves them, and it was an incredible experience. And you guys set up these conferences and partner with churches uh, to do that, to go on to, to get trained and to go into the porn conventions or go into the strip clubs. And I believe that's what you're doing this week as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we're here in Las Vegas. Uh, we're staying at a fun hotel with all kinds of interesting guests here. Uh, but this week we have, uh, for two days, we have about 30 ladies representing about Oh, uh, 19 different organizations from around the country who come to Las Vegas to get trained um, about how to start up their own ministries in their cities to go out and do outreach in the strip clubs. Uh, so that's what we're doing here. Uh, today is the second of the two days. Last night, uh, we partnered with a lady named Harmony Dust out of L.A. who has um, a strip club outreach that's been going on out there for the last nine years. And so she's here teaching the ladies, and we help with uh, logistics and give some of our experiences from the porn world. And so they went out to clubs last night, and we're connecting with ladies here in the industry. Well, I have to tell you, um, we go into the, the strip clubs here in Arizona, and as a matter of fact, we have a couple gals that are there at your training, and it's been real interesting. There is one specific club that we've been going into here, and we just make cupcakes and bring them gift bags, and we've been going to the same place for, I don't know, about eight or nine months and established a great relationship with a lot of these gals, and we've been able to get a few of them um, into other job positions and have just really just come along and befriended them and have great relationships. And just recently there was a particular organization that was picketing. Um, they had signs of the cross and saying, you know, do you want your daughter to work here? And the, these gals just felt so, um, just so judged and texting back and forth, you know, it, it actually made them really angry. And do you find that you have this when you go into um, places like uh, even the porn convention where you're there trying to just show them love and what they believe you represent as the church, then it it's contradictory. Do you find that? Um, yeah, we find that on a regular basis. And I can understand how it would be confusing when people first meet us. Um, you know, when you work in an environment like a strip club or in the porn industry, um, you feel like you, you people fall into one of two categories. They're either like a fan and they love what you do and they're coming to consume the product or service which you're providing, or they're an enemy and they're standing outside and they're picking in there against you and stuff. So whenever they meet people who love them, you fall into an interesting new category when you're not for what they do but you're not against them either. You're for them, just not what their occupation is. And so I think it's very perplexing because that's the rare position, you know, to take is I love you and I like you and I want to help you, but I would love for you to understand God's got a bigger and better purpose for your life than what you happen to be engaged in right now. Brian, why do you think it's so hard for Christians to... When they think of loving, they think that they are becoming a fan. So they 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 tend to move towards that that extreme of being an enemy. 
Um, I think, I mean, just like any other, um, I, I just think like anything else that, you know, you can put it in the different categories of, you know, um, whether it's porn or sex or like maybe racial tension, like it's so much easier to be either for or against than it is to consider that something's uncomfortable and it takes work to, to really get to know and connect with people. Um, and so, and there's just, there's fear. And so that fear of like engaging, I don't know what I'm going to see is what is going to happen next. I mean, that's probably the number one thing that I hear about from people when they first go into a strip club or first go into a porn show um, and start to try to figure out this kind of ministry of relationship is, oh, I'm so afraid. And they'll tell you their fears of what they think is going to happen. And then they come to realize that a lot of their fears of going into these environments are are unfounded. Like there's just real people working in these environments. And yeah, some of the things that they're going to see or experience are pretty strange and different than their reality. But there's there's real people there and with real life issues. And so, I don't know, it's just, it's hard work. And for some reason, it makes people pretty uncomfortable to go and go into a new setting and kind of explore and, and meet new people and figure out, like, how do I connect here? you know, on things that we have mutually in common. Well, um, on, on one, I want to eventually talk about how we help people get over that fear, but I do have to share a story how um, one time you and I and Lisa went on a television talk show and talking about this particular subject, and you got blindsided when you went on there because the host, I think there was a lot of fear in there of what you represented and sometimes that fear is that it's going on in their life and in their world. So you get you get bombarded with you're a part of this. Like you're accepting these people that are providing, you know, this opportunity or whatever. So instead of you being against them, then it makes them angry that you can love them when it's a part of their life. And uh, that was really interesting to see that. And then to come to find out, you know, a few years later, that's exactly what was going on, is that there were yeah. issues there. Well, I, I, yeah, I think I told you even after that interview was over, like, I bet <laughs> that there's more here to this story. You know, there was some conversation that we had there, and then we did come find out later that there was more to that story. When I was shocked, uh, because I just thought, okay, this is just an angry person, <laughs> and you nailed well, it. There's, there's yeah, more here, Pat. For a reason, and she was just connecting me with the issue and but I think that that goes back to your guys' question like why why do people find it hard to love well maybe because there's past injury from whether it is directly connected to porn or stripping or just there's a sexual um, offense that's happened to them in the past whether it's infidelity or you know they've been perpetrated upon and and so they connect it like, oh, you can't possibly love anybody in this category because I've received injury from this, from this in some way, you know, and so they would be rather against it than for going out and connecting with those people in love. Well, um, talking about the fear, let's go into how we can help people. I know that Triple uh, X Church has a site, triple uh, X.com, that you can go to, and you guys. No, no not triple X.com, triple X Church.com. If you go to triplex.com, I'm not sure what you're going to find. 
that won't that probably won't offer a whole lot of help. Triplexchurch dot com, and I know this is the largest site online and the most recognized voice out there, basically on the planet, of the issue of pornography. And you guys offer all kinds of tools and resources. There's uh, plenty of blogs that people can read. Um, how else do you guys uh, deal with just helping people with this fear? Yeah, I mean, yeah, awareness, you nailed it up front. Uh, awareness, prevention, and recovery. You know, we're out there speaking all the time in uh, both Christian and secular environments, uh, telling people about the destructive nature of pornography, the addiction nature of that and how to get help and so just trying to broadcast that message that this is actually um, an issue. We do a debate series on college campuses. You know, we do plenty in the awareness arena. On the prevention side, um, you know, for folks who maybe have struggled with pornography and viewing it online, we um, offer free accountability software program where you can sign up for it, download it, um, share that you know, so an accountability partner is getting a report about where you're going online, and they can have open and honest conversations with you about that and, and help keep you on track and pray for you. Um, you know, and then on the recovery side, we have, like you said, books and free resources online. We have a video series that you can watch, um, and then we have some other affiliate relationships where if you need more, like counseling or a live-in treatment facility, you can get connected to those types of things online as well. And you, you mentioned um, the debate that you guys go to the colleges. What what kind of debates are you doing here? Um, Craig Gross, the founder of Triple X Church, uh, has a debate series that he runs with Ron Jeremy, uh, who is a longtime uh, porn actor and uh, porn star, if you will, icon in the industry. And so, you know, obviously we take the, you know, not for porn side, and he takes the for porn side, and and you know do debates across college campuses nationwide, and and churches now we've done it uh, in one church. We're getting two churches. We're getting ready to do it in a third, and um, that's kind of interesting because that's brand new for us that a church would host a porn debate and let Ron come in. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, just talking about both sides of the issue, and obviously in the college campus, the people that are on our side of the issue are pretty much in the minority, and, uh, you know, Ron's got a lot of fans, and they come out to hear Ron talk about why porn is good, and it gives us an opportunity to talk to college students and, and young adults about, you know, what porn is really about and what really happens in the long haul. Like, you might be enjoying yourself right now and gratifying yourself with, you know, porn and, you know, all the variety of different sexual interactions that they're having on college campuses, but here's the long-term effect of all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to look into the future and helping them to see that uh, impact on their lives. And so, um, yeah, that's one of the awareness pieces that probably gets most talked about in the media is how in the heck can a pastor and a porn guy, you know, be friends and debate each other and, you know, tour together and talk about the issues. Well, we um, are finished with our segment here, Ryan. I so appreciate the time that you took, especially leaving your conference and uh, to, to be on our show today. And this has been so helpful. And once again, it's triplexchurch.com to go there. If you um, just want to get more information, if you'd like to invite them to come out to your church or if someone you know is struggling with porn. So um, stay, turned. stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. 
This is Girlfriended on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Levinsky. Wednesday afternoon, starting at 3, 2 Central on toginet.com. It's a process of becoming a mom. I've seen everything I don't like in other moms, but I can be perfect and my child can be too. Well, that's not life. It's not cut and dried and perfect. We have cracks and our kids do too. This state of motherhood looked so easy until it happened to me. And then I realized that I don't have any training in this job that's not only difficult, but some days feels impossible. So what do I do now? How do I raise great kids to live happy lives? Am I helping them along the way or hurting them? The key to being a mom is using our resources, other moms. We can grow together and learn from each other. By comparing notes, we can grow stronger, do more, and be better moms. That's what Mom Time TV is all about. Moms helping each other. We may not get to perfect, but we'll sure feel better about ourselves along the way. So join in and make a difference. Mom Time TV, we're talking Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern on TogiNet Radio. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. Our next guest, Pastor Robbie Dawkins, I've been hearing stories about for the last year, and I can't believe we have him on our show today. Robbie Dawkins loves to tell literally hundreds of stories from his personal experiences, which include uh, God just using him and others um, as he goes along and mentors through the years um, just to bring people into the kingdom, and he calls it with break-in signs and wonders. Having been in over 30 countries around the world, God has used him to help build the church, not only in Illinois, but internationally as well. He has ministered in many Muslim countries and in two of the top 10 dangerous countries, according to Voice of Martyrs. And we are so excited to have him on the show today. How are you this morning, Robbie? And actually, it's it's more like afternoon where you are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a few hours later here than than where you're at. But I'm doing good. I'm I'm, I'm happy to be on the show today. Now you um you're in Florida, right? Yes, I'm, okay. I'm doing a conference down here for a church on power evangelism. Power evangelism. Well, we are excited to have you on the show and. Um, I would love to find out a little bit more about your your conference that you're doing, but I am going to go ahead and dive right into some of the questions sure. that go I have. It. 
you. Uh, today we are talking about bringing the light into the darkness, and mm-hmm. one of the powerful stories that I would love for you to share is about a gal whose boyfriend was a gang leader, and she came to you one day and shared some information that no one would want to hear. Um, and if you don't mind sharing with our listeners that powerful story, what, what took place and what information did she give you? Sure. Um, well, in in uh, my city where I pastor, I pastor a vineyard church in Aurora, Illinois, um, which is like the furthest western suburb of Chicago, but it's also the second largest city in Illinois. And so it's a pretty significant city, and it has, you know, it's it's sort of a an ur- has an urban feel, you know, to it. Um, but uh, you know, we're kind of the farthest L stop on the train, you know, out of Chicago. But uh, the largest uh, for years, uh, you know, the gang, um, population, drugs, things like that, has has really kind of ruled in Aurora. And um, a matter of fact, the the movie that they came out with, you know, years ago, I think it was, you know, almost 20 years ago now, The Wayne's World, it it was set in Aurora, Illinois. But they actually filmed the movie in Aurora, Colorado, because they were too afraid to come to Aurora. Uh, an L.A. film company was too afraid to come to Aurora because of the gangs. And uh, so anyway, we had a, a, um, a young lady who had been coming to our church, and and her um, sort of boyfriend, she'd had a couple of kids with this man, but uh, it's sort of a live-in situation. Um, he was the number two guy in the Latin Kings, which is the the largest gang in our area. And uh, she, he was uh, kind of the number two in command, you know, there. And he, um, she started coming to our church, bringing the kids with her. And after about six months, um, I was doing a series on sex in the church. And one of the things that I started talking about was sex outside of marriage is sin and why it would hurt you and why it damages you and God's plan for sex. And, you know, uh, just talking about those things and that, you know, God wanted sex to be good, you know, when it was uh, in the right way and that it should be healthy and and good in that way. And so she goes home and she tells this guy, and I'm going to use his street name here versus his real name, but she goes home and his street name is Hitler. And she goes home and she goes, um, she tells him, she goes, I'm not going to have sex with you anymore because Robbie said sex outside of marriage is sin. And he got very angry, and uh, he told her, he goes, well, you know, you tell him that I'm going to come next Sunday, and I'm going to pop him in front of this whole church, which means he's gonna, she was going to kill me in front of the whole church. And um, he was very angry because she was pretty adamant about it. Well, that scared her, and so she called me up um, a couple of days after. They had been sort of arguing and fighting about it for a couple of days, and and she called me, and she goes, you know, I really think it would be best that you not uh, speak Sunday. And so we kind of got into the conversation as to why, and finally she told me, you know, what his threat was. And she goes, you know, she goes, I don't want to – she goes, I don't want to tell you this. You know, I, I don't want to, um, you know, give you this news, but I have to. She goes, but but he'll do it. She goes, you know, he's a killer, and she goes, he'll do it. And um so she was proposing that our our worship pastor speak instead. Instead, he's a Hispanic guy, and I said, "I'm not putting him up there." I said, "That's not a good plan." So he gets up there and he gets popped instead of me. I said, "That's just not a good idea." <laughs> and so, um, so I prayed about it, and I never told my wife about it. Um, but she herself has had interactions with many gang members. I can even tell you incredible stories about her with that. 
But um, so that next Sunday, you know, he came just like he promised, showed up, and he sat on the second row in the service. And as soon as he sat down, I noticed that he he wasn't moving. Um, It was really strange. And so uh, kind of the layout in our service, we do like one song, then announcements, and then I get up and preach, and then we do worship at the end, which leads into a ministry time, which means we pray for sick. We pray for people that are, you know, have pain in their bodies and, you know, people that just need God's touch and God's power to come. And one of the reasons why we planted our church where we did, we planted in a poor urban area is because we really believed that we would see more of God's power uh, working where people are more desperate. Mm -hmm. And that's been something that we, you know, we've really proven out is that you're going to see God show up more in those places because God really responds to the desperate. And so, um, so we we, uh, we get up at, at uh, I get up to go speak, and I got to be honest, my my voice was quivering a little bit; it was shaky. Um, and I, but I went ahead and and I just noticed his head was kind of cocked to the side, and he was just looking straight ahead the whole time. And one of our guys who had how we knew that he had come there is one of the guys, one of our ushers who had been in the Latin Kings came running up to me, and his eyes were just really bugged, and he goes, you know, he goes, Hitler's here. And I said, oh, really? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, he's sitting on the second row, and he said, Robbie, he's strapping. He's uh, uh, carrying a gun. And he goes, please don't ask me to disarm him. He goes, uh, he goes I'm scared to death of this guy. He goes, there's none, none of the other guys I'm afraid of, but this guy I'm scared of. And I told him, I said, I'm sure we've had people bring guns in the church before. I'm not, you know, we're not going to worry about that. I said, just leave him alone. And so we uh, went on. I got up to speak, and he just sat there the whole time and just just was staring straight ahead. His eyes never moved or anything. It was very bizarre. And uh, and I was preaching on part two of why sex outside of marriage is not good for you. And so uh, I was a little bit nervous in that, but I didn't alter anything that I was going to say. And then at the end of it... Um, when I got up and made the call for people who wanted prayer for healing or, or to, you know, needed God's power, or God's touch on their life, um, all of a sudden I saw him just kind of shake his head, and he gets up and he walks out. And I was really blown away by that. And then we went uh, later to um, – we, we, I talked to his girlfriend later, and I said, what happened? Did he relate anything that had taken place? And and she goes, you know, he wouldn't talk about it. She goes, he wouldn't talk about it with me at all. Well, about uh, about five to six months later, um, in, in Aurora, they did a big roundup of all of the top people of the Latin Kings. They arrested, I believe it was 23, it's either 23 or 26 of the top brass of the Latin Kings, and he was one of them. And he was wanted for, they had six charges of murder against him. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so his brother, who's a drug dealer, um, his brother also goes to our church and uh, has been coming, had you know been coming for about a year or so at that time. And I went over to him and I said, um, I said, listen, I said, you go tell Hitler that I'm coming to see him. And he said, well, he goes, he probably won't want to see you. He, you know, he doesn't like you very much. And and I said, I, I don't care. I said, tell him I'm coming to see him. He goes, well, I can't get word to him. He goes, they're shut off from any communication. And I said, listen, I said, I know you can get word to him. I said, get word to him. I said, I want him to know that I'm coming before I get there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he said, okay, I'll make sure he gets the word. And so I waited about a week, and then I went to go see him. And they brought him in, and and they had kept him. The only reason why they let me meet with him is because... I'm also a police chaplain in the city, 
And so uh, they let me, they let him in, they brought him in, and, you know, he was cuffed and shackled um, on his feet and on his hands. And, and he sat down, and as soon as he sat down, he looked at me and he goes, what do you want? And I said, well, I want to talk to you. And he just said, well, I got a question for you, for you. And I said, what's that? And he goes, what did you do to me that day you came, I came to your church? And I said, what? And he goes, what did you do to me that day? And I said, Hitler, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, what do you mean? And he goes, he goes, as soon as I sat down, he goes, I was frozen. And he goes, you know, I came there to pop you in front of your whole congregation. And I said, yeah. I said, you know, your, you know, your, your girlfriend told me that. And he said, well, what did you do? He goes, I couldn't move. I couldn't budge. He goes, nothing, nothing, you know, nothing would work. He goes, I had to go to the bathroom. I couldn't even go get up to go to the bathroom. And he said, finally, at the end, when you were making the call for prayer, I said inside my head, I will get up and leave if you'll let me go. Mm. And he said, and then I began to get my movement back. And he goes, I got out of there as quickly as possible. And he said, what, what kind of hex did you put on me? And I looked at him and I said, I didn't put anything on you. I said, Hitler, that was God. And I said, God showed up and God wanted to let you know that he's real. And that he he has a plan and a purpose for your life, and he didn't want you to do anything stupid that day. And I said, God intervened in that, and I said, it wasn't so. I said, you know, I know you're thinking that it's probably him just protecting me, but I said also the bigger message is what he wants to say to you. And I said, what he wants to say to you is that he's got new life for you. He's got a new purpose for you. He's got things, and that the stuff that you've been made for to do, you're not doing and God is offering that to you right here, right now. And he wants to give you a whole new life. He wants to give you the life that, you were, that he designed you for. And I told him, I said, you're a designer, and God designed you for a purpose. And if you're not doing it, then you know, just, you're going to feel like nothing satisfies you. I said, there's not going to be enough sex for you. There's not going to be enough money. There's not going to be enough drugs. There's not going to be a career that's going to satisfy you. There's always going to be this gnawing emptiness inside of you that rubs and rubs and nothing will fill it but a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he looked at me and he said, I, and so I just started sharing the gospel with him very simply. And I said, I was using some kind of street terms. And he said, here's the deal God's got on the table. You give me your life and I'll give you the life you're always meant for. I'll give you the life. And he looks around and he goes, do you see where we're at? He goes, I'm in prison. Hey, hold that thought. Sure. Quick commercial. And now we're all waiting um, at the edge of our seat. So hold that thought. Thank you, Robbie. You This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. LinkedIn. It's a great tool. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady. With the LinkedIn Lady Show, Wednesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Togginap.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is here to show you and your business how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. The LinkedIn Lady will have interviews each week with a variety of guests. 
such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. Join us, won't you, every Wednesday afternoon at 5, 4 Central. It's the LinkedIn Lady Show with host Carol McManus on Toginet.com. Be a part of Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio. Her goal is to inspire you to be creative every day. Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio, Monday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on Toginet.com. Pat lives and breathes being creative through her quilt design business, but her creativity and interests have no bounds. On her show, she'll be introducing us to guests through interviews and talks that have a creative life. We'll learn more about what goes on in the world of quilting. And since Pat, like many of us, is creative in many ways, she'll also introduce us to creative people in other crafts like knitting, crochet, paper arts, and lots more. Pat is also an author, a lecturer, designer, and cheerleader of many. She's tried her hand at making almost everything you can think of and does many crafts to keep her inspired to create. Check out her website, patsloan.com. What makes Pat most happy is to inspire others to be creative every day. So join us for Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio, Monday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back talking with Robbie Dawkins. He's a pastor in Illinois at the Vineyard Church. And Robbie is sharing a story about a gang member, Hitler. And, uh, Robbie, we are all just waiting to see how this story ends. So please continue. All right. So I began to just tell him about just what Jesus was offering him just as a, as a new life and the life that he was meant for, the life he was born to live. And I just began to share that with him. And I said, right now, I said, Jesus is saying, it, it just, you can just give me that, give me your life, and I'll give you mine. I'll give you the one that you were intended to live, the one that you were made for. And he looked at me and just this sense and feeling of just sort of hopelessness and, and just being completely unable to do what I was talking about. He looked at me and he goes, Robbie, he goes, that deal's not for me. He goes, that's not the deal God's offering me. And I said, yes, it is. And he goes, no, it's not. He goes, you have no idea. And he leaned into me and he goes, they have no idea. He goes, they only know the half of what I've done. He goes, I've done more than they even know. And he goes, they'll never know all the stuff that I've done. And he goes, I've gone too far. It's gone. It's gone. I've done too much. And just then I reached in and I grabbed my Bible, which I had had with me, and I, I just grabbed the New Testament portion and I held it up and I said, do you see this? I said, this is called the New Testament of the Bible. And I leaned in and I looked at him and I said, I want you to understand something, Hitler. I said, half of this was written by a murderer. And I said, he murdered God's own people. He murdered the Christians. And I said, in a radical transformation, God turned his life around and then used him to write half this book that we now call the Holy Word of God and that you and I read as direct communication from God. And he was a murderer. And I said, if God chose him, then he's choosing you. And I said, the deal is still on the table. 
and he just looked at me and he dropped his head and he just began to weep and he said, I'll take the deal. Mm. And so right then and there, we just prayed, and I led him in a prayer, just a simple prayer of him just saying, God, you know, I give you my life. I receive your life. Forgive me of my sins. Come in and be Lord of my life. Direct me in my life. Give me the Holy Spirit to lead me into this life that you always intended me to live. And he just prayed it really simple. And when he lifted his head up from this prayer, just this huge smile came across his face. Now, his brother later told me, he says, I've never seen my brother cry. Mm-hmm. All my life, I never saw him cry. He said he was always just so hard and so mean and so harsh. And and um, he lifted his head and just through these tears, this huge smile came across his face. And he rolled his shoulders back and he just said, he goes, it's gone. He said, it's all gone. And I said, what's gone? And he says, it's like I had this big boulder on my back and straight, like it was straight out of the book of Pilgrim's Progress, which is a, a book about the Christian journey. And he said, uh, this, it's like I had this huge boulder that was strapped to my back. And he goes, all of it's gone. He goes, the shame, the bitterness, the anger, he goes, the sin, the guilt, it's all just gone. And uh, he just began to laugh, and he goes, I can't believe it. He goes, I can't believe it. And then the guard comes about that time. Our time was up, and he goes, he goes, it's time to go. And, and he goes, sure, let's go. Yeah, that's fine. And he was just beaming, and the guard just looks at me like, what did you do to him? <laughs> I mean, instantly he could see. And I went and met with him several I, – I would try to go every week, and I had to buy him a children's picture Bible because he couldn't read very good. You know, as a guy in his mid-30s, but he, but he just couldn't read very good. And I would teach him about forgiveness. I would teach him about, you know, just loving God and loving others and, and about, uh, you know, not hating and not holding things in his heart about telling the truth. And I told him, I said, don't do what your lawyers say. You do what's right and what's truthful. And I said, and you watch God work. And and one day he looked at me and he, he just said, you know, we were going through just the story of just, you know, some of the stories in the New Testament. And he looked at me and he goes, Robbie, I got to get my story out. And I looked at him and I said, Hitler, I said, my only concern is I said, that could either get you the needle, you know, like lethal injection or said, or that could get you popped by the kings. And I said, I'm concerned about that. And he looked at me, and he held that little picture Bible up, and he goes, you told me all these guys died for this. Why should I be any different? And I, it, it just broke me. And I looked at him, and I said, this is real for you. I said, this, you're not just going through the motions, man. I said, this isn't jailhouse religion. I mean, you really get it, don't you? And he goes, yes. He goes, I'm willing to die. He said, Robbie, he said, I've been in prison the past several months. And he goes, I've had the best life in the past months since I gave my life to Christ than I ever did on the outside. And he goes, it's been the greatest life I've ever lived. And he said, just having Christ in my life, knowing the change, knowing the difference that he's brought to me. And he goes, if I spend the rest of my days here or if, I, or if they take me out tomorrow, he said, I've lived the best life. It's worth every, every minute that I've lived of having that life of Jesus Christ. Mm. And today, I mean, you could go see him in prison and, he, man, he will preach to you. He will tell you about the love of God. He will tell you about forgiveness. I mean, he's very committed to it. I've tried to keep him protected even from, you know, uh, secular shows doing, um, you know, television stuff, you know, stuff on him like, uh, 
you know, different programs on gangs and things like that, just because I've been, I want to keep him around as long as possible. But um, it's just been a miracle of God that God's done in his life. And I just, even this past Saturday, I just met with some of the Latin Kings um, again, and we prayed for, um, with three of them, and, and one of them had two hernias. And just in praying for them, we prayed three times, and the hernias completely disappeared. Um, one of the guys, and this guy, these are guys, one of them had two teardrops tattooed on his eye, which means he killed two people. Mm. Um, and with the other guy, I looked at him, I said, is one of your legs shorter than the other? And he said, yeah. And I called these kids over who are what they call shorties. And shorties are, are gang members that, that go out to run errands for these top guys. And I said, you want to see Jesus do a miracle right here on this guy? And he goes, they were like, yeah. And I said, have a seat. Now, these guys aren't Christians. I pulled his leg up, and the leg was about three-quarters of an inch shorter than the other. And I just began to pray, and just right there in front of those guys' eyes, they saw his leg grow out. And uh, it's actually uh, uh, the the movie that I mentioned to you yesterday, Furious Love, uh, a movie that I'm in. Uh, and it's about people who go to really dark places to do ministry, to bring God's love and God's light. Uh, they're filming another one that's going to be coming out next year. And, and right there we captured the whole thing on film of just watching the guy's leg grow out. And, and it's just it is amazing, you know, just right there. And just everybody in that circle ended up praying and giving their lives to Christ. Robbie, and, in dark places. I'm sorry. You mentioned dark places. That that makes me think of. Um, we hear this story, Robbie, of what you experienced, what God did uh, through you, and it touches it touches us to our core. Uh-huh. And as if I can just word it this way, just as normal Christians going to church, we we long to to see God at work, and yet we. We continue to just sit in the pew. We don't go outside church walls and bring the light into the darkness. Kind of comment on that, Robbie, that... Well, we have a saying, we have a saying at, at, in our church even, we have the saying that we say that um, the meat is in the street. And uh, what that means is the best power ministry that you're going to see, the best stuff of God, the best miracles, the best healings, all of that is going to be outside of the church. And And... That's where, and what typically happens is a majority of Christians, most of the prayers that we pray are this, God, get me out of this mess. Get me out of this debt. Get me, you know, fix my spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, give me a different boss. Give me a better job. And we're always praying for ourselves. But what you see Jesus and the disciples doing was they were always praying for others. And they, and we in Christian community have a tendency to always pray for people in the church, people in our Christian community. And that's why we see less happen. But if you see how Jesus did it, he was going outside. He was going to those who were in darkness, who were in. I mean, we, we do we do extreme things. Like in the movie Furious Love, we went to Witchcraft Festival and a psychic New Age fair. And just set up a booth that says free readings and free cleansings. And just pray for people. And watch God show up and heal them. Watch God show up. First person I prayed for, they didn't they didn't catch it on the film, but was a witch, and God completely healed her back. But you know, it can be a play date, you know, with somebody that's that's not a believer that, that you're you know you're just doing a play date together, or you know, going shopping with friends. I mean, there are people that are needy people all around that are in darkness. It doesn't have to be the extreme place. I'm the type of person I get really jazzed the more. Kind of the more risky that it is, the more I get kind of amped up. 
And so I love going and praying for people in bars and stuff like that and, and just seeing God touch them and impact their lives. And like I said, with the Latin Kings and other people, I, I just, I enjoy that type of stuff. But I also just, you know, I pray for my, my friends, uh, my, my kids, you know, friends, parents and, and, you know, waitresses at the, at the restaurants and, um, you know, just just see God. I prayed for a woman even there in Phoenix. I was there a few months or a few weeks ago and prayed for the waitress at Waffle House, and God completely healed her back. You know, it, it it's not that complicated. It really isn't. People are, we're surrounded by people who are crying out, and they don't realize what they're crying out for. But it's God. Well, Robbie, we have so enjoyed um, you just sharing your story and just your love for Jesus and how you are going into the darkness. Um, we have 30 seconds left. Is there, like, one tip that you would like to share with the listeners? You know, I, the biggest thing I would just say is just go for everything that you can Just that's going to that's gonna be focused on bringing fame to God. You know, I mean, it's going to be – it's taking risks, but that's really what faith is, is risk. You know, if you want to see things happen, if you want to see God use you, if you want to see that, and, and just get – fall in love, madly in love with Jesus Christ. And, and and if you do that, you don't have to even worry about trying to figure out the rest. It'll just all come into place because that's really what we were built for. And, um, you know, and he'll lead you and guide you. We're, we're, we're in his story, and he wants to be in ours. And so it's, uh, it's what he's inviting us to. I that's love the that. best stuff. He's inviting us into his story. And that's that right. was Robbie Dawkins. You can find and, and hear more about Robbie when you go to RobbieDawkins.com or you can find more information on our site. And he mentioned a movie, Furious Love. Uh, it's a video that you can either purchase, you can have in your church. But I know it's had over 2 million views all the way from China to Russia. And uh, it's, it's an incredible video to watch. Well, this is Phil Lynn and Patty Wyatt. We are GirlfriendIt.com. You can once again visit our site for more information and have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the 